Welcome to Content Etc, a podcast to help you work through the challenges of marketing your creative small business. I'm your host, journalist and copywriter Michelle Gately from Word by Word Storytelling. I want to help you feel really excited about the content marketing process so you can feel confident in it and know that it's not just something else to cross off your to-do list. I'm all about the gentle and sustainable growth, so if you're after quick hacks and one-size-fits-all templates, then this is not the place for you. My mission is to help you create content marketing that's actually interesting, feels and sounds authentic, not just like a sales robot, and has just a little sprinkle of strategic magic. I want to help you feel really great about your content so that you can show your dream clients why you're their perfect match. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to Content Etc. So this is the second episode in the mini SEO series all about demystifying search engine optimization and giving you the tools that you actually need to know to get started, making it less stressful and less overwhelming so you can work it into your ordinary marketing routines. So as I mentioned in the first episode, this is a series that I've planned out and pre-recorded and scheduled before we go on holiday to the UK, which is also when I'm going to be getting married, uh, which just seems absolutely wild to me. So I hope that you're enjoying this series while I am away on holidays (laughs) and I'm looking forward to hearing feedback on it. So please do get in touch, send me um, a message on Instagram. Tell me if you found the first episode helpful and hopefully this episode is going to give you even more steps to keep working on your SEO. So this episode, episode two in the series is the answer to the question that inspired the series. So Lisa from at dream to plan on Instagram submitted a question to the podcast and she said, I've been neglecting my website SEO for a long time. Any tips on where to get started, what to focus on first and what to proceed with after that? When I started answering this question, of course, my first thought was, what if someone's not sort of aware of what the elements of SEO are? And that's why I covered the very basics in the last episode. In this episode, I'm going to go through some tips to start improving that neglected SEO. Now, if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know there are three elements of SEO, technical, on-page and off-page SEO. What we're going to be focusing on in this episode is on-page SEO. It's your writing and your content, your copywriting and things like that, because that's my speciality. But in the notes for this episode, I will include links to some other helpful websites that can walk you through how to do SEO audits and they include some more of the technical elements. That is just not my forte and it's a lot to get into. So I thought that I would stick just to on page and some of the easiest things you can start to do to optimize your website. So speaking of that, my first piece of advice to you, Lisa, or anyone else who's feeling this way is to review your website copy and kind of try and get a benchmark of where your website SEO is at now. So using some of those free tools that I will link to 
in the notes is a good place to start. But what you can also do is just go through your website copy yourself. What you want to be looking for is that your text is readable. So I mentioned this in the last episode as well, but that is making sure there's plenty of white space, splitting up big chunks of text to make it easier to scan and indicating what you're talking about through subheadings as well. When you're looking at those subheadings too, what you want to look for is making sure that you've used headings correctly. Headline writing is an art in itself and I do want to focus on that in a whole other episode. I've also run a masterclass on that before and it's probably something that I'll revisit in the future because it's certainly a very important part of getting your work seen on Google and getting clicked on on Google. But for the basics I just want to talk about the sort of technical side of headings and using headings correctly on the page, on the web page. So my first sort of interactions with websites, I pretty much just used headings for the looks. (laughs) You know, what did the H1 heading look like? What did the H2 heading look like? I'll pop this here because that looks nice. And, you know, I just had no idea at all. But that is actually quite harmful to your SEO because headings are used to indicate to Google like a hierarchy within your web page. So you have a H1 heading. And when I use these terms as well, these should all be relatively clear in WordPress, Wix, Squarespace. They will often have like heading one, H1. So you will be able to spot which one they mean. Now, the H1 heading is essentially the title of your page, whether that is your about page or the title of your blog post, there should only be one H1 heading on the page. It is the most important thing. And then there are H2, H3, H4. It goes down the hierarchy and that indicates sort of where you should use it. So for example, the next most important heading, maybe your subheading is H2. And then if you had a a couple of headings under H2, say you were writing a blog post about blogging and your first subheading at H2 was readability. (laughs) And then you had a point you wanted to make underneath that within the sort of framework of readability, you could make that a H3 And then come back out to a H2 if you were going to move on to talk about images, for example. So make sure that you're familiar with how this works in your website provider and make sure on your pages you're only using one H1 heading and everything else is quite hierarchical and, you know, H2 for your next most important. You're not just using it because of what it looks like, which is as I said, the mistake that I made when I first started blogging. So the other thing that you can be looking at during your little mini audit of your web pages is your meta descriptions. Make sure you've got a meta description for every single page on your website and it can help to have a separate SEO headline as well. Again, I'm not going to go in depth on headlines, but what I will say is that you should be able to have an on-page headline and then an SEO optimized headline. They can be the same thing, but personally, I like to try and do two separate headlines because it's like two bites of the cherry. You get two opportunities to get people to click on your work. Those headlines should be quite snappy, 
There are lots of headline formulas out there and I'm going to link to a tool called the Headline Analyzer, which I use all the time. And I find it quite easy to use now because I'm quite fast at coming up with headline formulas, having done it for so many years. But what you can do is play around and you only need to use the free version to get some helpful tips on where to improve. For example, is it too long? Is it too short? Does it not have enough powerful words? You know, there are so many little tweaks you can make to your headlines to make them more SEO friendly. And then you can have two different versions. And as I say, get two opportunities to sort of convince your visitors to click on your blog post or your website page. So go through and make sure that you have a meta description for each page of your website and each blog post. And if you want to give it a go, try doing a separate SEO headline as well. Usually that's in the same section as where you'll find the meta description. So your meta descriptions should be really short, sharp, and a really clear indication of what's covered on the page. Much like with other things we've talked about with SEO, it needs to be like actual sentences, not just a bunch of keywords, but your keywords should be in there. And on the topic of keywords, this is also something else you want to make sure that you're bringing in and referencing on your web pages and your blog posts. Now, I've actually got a guest who's going to join me for an upcoming episode to dive into keyword research. But what I would say is if you can start to build a little bank of keywords relating to your niche that you can weave into your general website copy outside of your blog post, that's going to be really helpful. It's important here to include the terms that you think your ideal audience and clients would be using. And if you have a physical location, a physical shop or business location, and you service a specific area, make sure you're including that as well, because that's going to show up in people's searches. And when they search, for example, hairdressers near me or makeup artists near me, if you've got locations in there, that's really going to help you come up in those sorts of searches that are less specific. So that's really important if you have a physical space. If you don't have a physical space and you're an online business, make sure you're including like your your industry. So are you, for example, a business coach for nutrition professionals or are you a copywriter who works only with medical professionals, for example? If that is a really important part of your niche, make sure you're including that wording in there. Don't be too vague about it and try and think about what your ideal client or ideal audience member would be searching to get to your website. As I said last week, it's a little bit of working backwards to work out what would they be typing in that I could show up for in Google. So, so far we've looked at adding some keywords into your copy and we're going to go into depth in keywords in a future episode. Making sure that your content and copy on all your pages is readable, that you're using headings correctly and that you have meta descriptions on every single page. Now we want to get a little bit more technical. So that's just on your website. Now, the next thing that you want to do is go to your analytics. You might be using analytics through your website provider. That's fine. Or you might be using something like Google Search Console or Google Analytics. 
I'll include links to those in the notes as well. They can be a little bit overwhelming to start with, but personally, I really like the fact that Google Search Console, once you've set it up, you can get like a monthly report and that will show you some really important stuff for, for us, which is what posts and pages on your website are gaining traffic and which ones are ranking. Now, this is important because this is the bit that I want you to look at now with your analytics. I want you to check what pages and what blog posts are getting the most traffic. Do a list of them and then go and look at each of those pages or blog posts and look for ways you can refresh and update them. So adding better keywords, making them more readable, adding subheads, refreshing images and data if it's you know related to um, a specific time scale or data that, that might go out of date. And then, and this is not for SEO, but it is helpful for your business, add your email sign up in there or your lead magnet sign up in there. Because if your page is getting a lot of traffic, there's more chance that people are going to want to take the next step with you. So we want to make sure that it's as easy as possible for them to work out how they can work with you next or how they can get your free emails. So looking at those analytics and doing a list of what is currently getting the most traffic on your website and then definitely honing in on those pages and seeing where you can update them. Now, the other thing you want to do with that is look at the pages that get like no traffic at all and have a look at them and see if you really need them. You know, is that content actually relevant to what you do anymore? I have archived and shelved so many blog posts over the years because they're no longer relevant to what I'm doing in business. Or, you know, it was something that I pivoted away from. So you don't want to be gaining traffic to your website on a page that is no longer relevant to what you're doing in business. And then finally, and this is something that, and then finally, when you're going through those blog posts as well, especially the ones that are gaining traffic, make sure that you've got plenty of internal links connecting them to other relevant posts or pages on your website because you really want to show Google that you have this interlinking structure within the back end of your website. So that is pretty much where I would suggest starting if you have felt like you've completely neglected your SEO for a while. Sort of getting back to benchmark, working out where you are with everything and setting a good foundation to make sure that your copy is readable, you've got some keywords in there, you're using headings correctly and you feel like you've got a good handle on what analytics you need to know and you've made sure that all your pages have like meta descriptions and all the basic stuff and short URLs as well as I mentioned last week one of those technical things so once you've sort of got that baseline obviously you can look at how to improve things in the future so that was the next part of Lisa's question which was what do I proceed with after that what do I focus on next so my number one piece of advice there is Keep blogging regularly. Put a blog out at least once a month. So I know this isn't always easy to find time for. Believe me, I struggle with this myself. So it's kind of ironic that I'm telling you to do it because I do find it hard, but 
in that case, I'm, I'm prioritizing the podcast over the actual blog writing and the blogs will go up at some stage. But the best thing that you can do for your SEO in the future is to keep blogging. This is going to really help. It's going to show Google that your site is currently being updated. It's going to help you have more opportunities to rank for different keywords. And it's also going to help your audience come to trust you, which is great. I mean, not necessarily for SEO, but just for your business in general again. But it's really, really going to help with the SEO side of things as well. And as I will continue to say throughout this series, you do not have to be perfect to get started. But if you are blogging regularly, that is way, way better than waiting until you fully understand SEO to get going. So just get started because another important part of SEO is regularly going back and updating those blog posts and those pages. So When it comes to your blog posts as well, I'm going to be sharing in an upcoming episode in the series some different types of blog posts you can do. So if you're sort of stuck on what to say, then keep listening because we're going to go over that in a future episode. But as I just said, updating those old posts is just as important. So if you can keep looking at your analytics and keep a note of what is doing well and, and what it isn't again. So look at the, the best and the worst performers and maybe make a note to yourself to go and update one or two blog posts a month, whether that's a fresh headline, fresh photos, just changing a few words here and there, trying to make it a little bit more catchy, a little bit more readable. For example, adding in a few extra keywords, that's really, really going to help. And If you notice certain things are starting to pick up traffic, that is definitely a sign that you need to go back and update and add your email signups. Again, that's not for SEO, but it will be very, very helpful. The other thing to note about looking at what's doing well is that it's going to give you ideas for what to blog on in the future. How can you dive into that topic in another way? How can you give even more information on that? And that's something that Google's going to really like as well because you're going to be seen as a bit more of an authority than if you just did a bunch of posts that were very like surface level about a lot of different things. It's much better if you really hone in on those four or five content pillars and go deep on them. So an example of that, of course, is this SEO series that I'm doing. You know, we did what are the basic overviews of SEO and now I'm going into how you can revive your website SEO, what to do next. We're going to be doing an episode on keywords in the future. That's a deep dive into that. And I'm going to be doing episodes on how to actually structure your blog posts and different types of blog posts. So that's more than just the surface level stuff there. So that's an example of how you can choose one topic, which in this case is SEO and go deep on it. And there's so many more things I could talk about into the future as well. And hopefully you will be around to hear those when I cover them on the podcast. So we're going to be talking about this when it comes to types of blog posts as well. But with those blog posts that you're regularly writing, make sure at least some of them are really strategic answers to questions or to topics that people are searching for. And this is the other handy thing about Google Search Console is you'll often be able to see what keywords people are using to get to your website, which again gives you more ideas for topics you can cover in the future. So 
yes, you want to build some nurturing and sort of values driven storytelling content you know I'm a big fan of that but if you want to grow your SEO specifically you do need to do some sort of deep dive uh, longer posts that really go into answering a question in depth that someone might be searching for. Now the next thing you can do is look at your headlines so I do want to talk about this in a future episode because There's so, so much I can say about it. Uh, As I said, I did a whole masterclass on it, Uh, but you can experiment with your headlines and you can look at learning to improve your headlines. And again, leave some links to some very helpful resources in there. And you can use the headline analyzer and tweak and play around with things. I always suggest you A, use a headline formula to start your sort of brainstorming and B, always do like 10 to 15 different options for your headlines and then put them in the headline analyzer and see what tweaks they suggest and you want something that on the headline analyzer website is getting like at least a 70 um, maybe like 75 to help you decide which of those you're actually going to try. I think headline formulas can be a bit I think they can be a bit scary. I was reluctant to use them at first because I was like, oh, but I want to be like clever and witty and show how creative I am. But unfortunately, that is just not how online headlines work, sadly. (laughs) And the reason that headline formulas exist is because they do work. So get familiar with those types of formulas, the how questions, the why questions, the number headlines, all that sort of thing, and start to play around and try and do multiple different options for every blog post. I also recommend not choosing your headline until you've actually written the entire post as well, because having written it, I find helps you actually come up with what the headline is. The next thing you can do, I mentioned in the last episode, Part of off-page SEO is writing for other blogs or websites or appearing on podcasts. And while it's not the place that I would focus your energy at first, if you've sort of done all this stuff, you're regularly blogging, then you can definitely start to look at pitching to appear on people's podcasts and pitching to write blog posts for them. And that's going to really help with that sort of linking behavior, showing Google that you are a great source of information. So that is something else you can do. And with that, always try and look at people who maybe have an overlapping audience with you, not necessarily your direct competitors, but people who A, are aligned with your values and your business and B, who have an audience who might also find what you do helpful, but not your direct competitor. And finally, making sure that you are recording some analytics so you can see your growth and improvement. So as I've mentioned already, you want to be looking at when pages are getting a lot of traffic and you add that to your list to update. But the other things that I think are really vital to keep track of and that will show you that you are slowly improving is looking at the monthly email insights that I mentioned, because that's going to highlight your growing pages, your top performing pages and how people are finding you, which is going to help with future keyword searches and future topics that you can add into your content. And then you also want to record and look at total clicks on your website and then the organic traffic as part of those total clicks. And that can be found through Google Search Console or Analytics. 
Another really interesting and important metric there to have a look at is engagement time. And that will tell you whether people are actually reading your posts or whether they're clicking on it and then clicking back out. If they were reading it, you would have a couple of minutes of engagement time, which would be amazing. If you only have a few seconds, average engagement time, it indicates that people are, as I said, clicking on it and then clicking back out, which might mean that they're not finding what they were looking for, but that will tell Google that actually, you know, don't rank this person as high on search because people aren't finding the answers that they need at this website. So that's something that we want to improve on, whether it is changing the keywords there or adding in different elements, making the post longer, adding in some video embeds or some different elements there that keep people on the page for longer. So I feel like that was a lot to pack into the episode, but just to kind of go over again, the first steps I would take if I were you, Lisa, would be to look at keyword research for my website and make sure that these are added into my copy and my content in a natural way, making sure I'm including the industry that I'm in, the sort of people that I want to serve and things that people would be searching for, making sure that the website is readable, skimmable, lots of white space there, short sentences, short paragraphs, that headings are used liberally and they're used correctly as well. So only one H1 heading on the page, that there are meta descriptions for every page and that you're familiar with which blog posts are getting the most traffic or which pages are getting the most traffic and you go and update the content on those. And then moving forward, absolutely consistent blogging. At least once a month, put up a really good blog post. Well researched, well linked, readable, and with lots of keywords naturally included. So then I would also be monitoring that and the analytics, looking at how many people I'm getting on my website in total per month, how much of that is from organic traffic, which is your search traffic, and then the engagement time as well to sort of know whether it's working. And then through monthly email insights, I would be noting down which pages are my top performing and which are improving and looking at whether I need to change any of the content or update any of the content on there. So... (laughs) That is a lot, I know, but if you make a big list, you can start doing these tiny little tweaks bit by bit and it will all add up. I know I keep saying this, but that is the best thing about SEO. You don't have to have it all finished and all done. You can just work on little bits and be constantly tweaking and improving your website. The fact that you're thinking about it and you're doing it means that you are already steps ahead of someone who has decided that they're just not even going to think about it yet. So even if progress looks slow, it is still better than no progress at all. All you have to do is keep going and keep those main elements of SEO in mind. And I promise you will see an improvement. I can't guarantee how much of an improvement, but it's definitely going to improve. And the best thing as well about SEO is that even if you don't get thousands of visitors from Google or anything like that, because Google wants you to write for people, doing these things is going to make the experience of being on your website better for your future customers and for your current audience. 
And that is worth doing all by itself, regardless of whether you get more traffic. For me, I think getting the traffic is just a bonus because actually most of the things that we've discussed in this episode make your website a better place to explore and a better place to come for information. So that wraps up that. And Lisa, I hope that that answered your question. I hope that's given you, and it's probably given you too much to work on, but I hope that it's inspired you to take some action and to know that you absolutely can be working on your SEO. It doesn't have to be a huge shift. Just do little bit by little bit. And if you have a question, whether it's about SEO, podcasting or blogging or anything like that, and you want your question answered on the podcast, you can find a link to submit a question through my Google form in the show notes for this episode. The other thing that you'll find in the show notes is a link to my refresh your content email challenge. So this is an evergreen email challenge, which means whenever you sign up, The next day, you will get the first of five emails that will step you through some prompts and some reflections you can use if you feel like you've just lost your mojo a little bit when it comes to your marketing. And I have felt that many times over the past couple of years, especially this year. So these questions and these emails are based on the things, the steps that I've gone through that I've found really helpful and I wanted to share them with you. So if you would like to get that, and sort of get a bit of a pep back in your marketing step, then you will also find a link to that in the show notes. And we're going to continue talking about SEO and blogging over the next few episodes. So I do hope you'll join me for that. Thank you for listening today. I hope it's been helpful. I hope it's been not too confusing and been more inspiring than anything else. And I will be back in your feed next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Content Etc. If you head over to wordbywordstorytelling.com forward slash blog, you'll find a blog version of this episode. There'll be links to anything I've mentioned in this episode in the show notes on your podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by tagging me in your stories on Instagram, where I'm at wordbywordstorytelling. And let me know what your biggest takeaway is from this episode. If you know someone who would enjoy listening to the show, please tell them about it. Word of mouth is still one of the most powerful forms of podcast recommendation. Make sure you're following the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it drops.